Welcome back to another episode of Good Girl. I'm your host, Jules. Thank you so much for joining. I missed last week because I was moving and welcome to my new home. I would give you a little tour, but it's really disgusting and messy right now. (laughs) But I'm so excited to be here. So I just moved to LA literally a week ago and I'm just like really, really happy to be here. It's been so much fun so far. I'm having a great time. I feel so at peace. This is definitely where I needed to be. So if you're looking for a sign to fuck around and change your life this is it because I'm telling you it's like so worth it to look around your environment and know that you created it and you put yourself here and you put yourself exactly where you actually want to be and it's so much more fun like I'm really having such a good time and I'm so grateful like it's been such a cool journey so I mean there will be a lot in the coming episodes just about like life out here and probably dating out here and just like I'm really excited to be more inspired because of the environment that I'm in and just meet more exciting people and like yeah it's really really great so thank you for being patient and uh you know not having an episode last week I'm sorry guys I was literally moving my entire fucking life it was raining like it was the whole thing but it went really well and I'm just like so happy to be here but I want to do something a little bit different today this episode is going to be pretty much unedited it's really just like my rod on questions you guys asked me. I asked you the other day to submit anything that you really need advice on and I'm going to make an episode addressing it. Uh, I will probably have to do multiple parts for this because there was kind of like a lot and the, the topics are all over the place but you guys asked such good questions as always. Like I'm so grateful for all of you. Like I love talking to you. I've been talking to you guys a lot more um, and it's been really fun. So I'm really excited to just get into it today. So the first question that we have was... What do I think of guys who talk about their ex a lot when you're in the early dating stage? Okay, I'm going to be honest, guys. Like my gut feeling when someone talks about their ex all the time, it really just gives like unresolved feelings. So that doesn't have to mean that they like their ex still or they're still in love with their ex, but it might mean that they're not really over what happened and they still are ruminating on it. They're still thinking about it. Like it's just not the best sign. Like it's just not the vibe. And like, I will admit, like I do talk about my ex like a lot on the podcast. Like we all know that, like I don't need to tell anyone that, but I try to avoid that in settings where I'm getting to know a guy because I just don't feel like it's relevant information. So if a guy is doing that to me and he's like consistently bringing up his past and he's talking about his ex like all the time, I automatically, I'm like, well, you just, you're not over it. Like you're not fucking over it. So I would pay attention to like how they talk about their ex. Like, do do you sense that they still have anger toward their ex? Does it feel like they miss them? Does it feel like they're trying to make sense of what happened? Are they just kind of letting you know their history? Like what is really the vibe and like feel it out that way. But like it doesn't give the best impression. Like and honestly, when I'm confused about somebody else's actions, I always put it back on myself and I'm like, okay. If I was getting to know somebody new and I really liked them, like, like, how would I be acting? Would I be talking about my ex all the time? Like, it's not really making sense. So I know that just because you operate a certain way doesn't mean that other people do. But if your gut instinct is like, this is weird. This doesn't really feel right. Like, I feel like they spend way too much time on this topic. It's for a fucking reason. And I feel like your past relationships should not play such a huge role in your current one. I think they definitely affect it. And like, it does, it's not the worst thing in the world to talk about your past or talk about your ex. But like, if it's a constant 
topic of conversation. No. In my head, I'm like, ugh, like I'm not trying to help you get over your ex. Like figure that shit out on your own. It's not my responsibility to help you with that. Like that is your job. And like, I don't want to be bothered and worried about that. So that's really my take on that. And I also feel like someone who talks about their ex, like it makes us feel insecure, right? Like it's not fun to like have a conversation and be getting to know someone and be excited about them and then hear about their ex over and over and over. Like that's just not a good time. If it's like bothering you that much and you feel like they talk about it like way, way, way too often, like run. No, no, no. Like that is just not what we're doing. Yeah. I, they're not over their ex. I'm so sorry. Like, and I feel like now there's way too many people who are still into their ex. Like it's like so hard to actually let go of people. And with social media, we have so much access to people that we don't talk to anymore. And it can be like kind of a lot to take in. So I understand that like it is hard to let go of people, but it shouldn't be something that contaminates like your future relationship. Like it should just be something that happened. It is what it is. Like if you got to talk about it, you got to talk about it, but like not something that is constantly brought up. Cause if you're asking the question, then that means that it's something that is really bothering you and you're not sure like how they really feel about their ex. Um, and what I can say is if you feel that way, it's probably because they're not over it and you can sense that because we be knowing we always fucking know. And next question, this is actually something that I struggle with. So I totally feel you on this one. Uh, rumination, like being like obsessive thinking and not being able to let shit go. So I'm a very obsessive person. This probably comes from my ADHD. Um, so I totally understand fixating on something and not being able to let go of the thoughts. I've gone through that so many times in my life, especially recently and a lot of times I'll obsess over things that are really negative and like really fucking stressful and then I fall into like a really negative headspace and it's so hard for me to get out because I've created such a consistent thought pattern that is just negative and it literally like just keeps me in a circle and a vicious cycle so what I can say when it comes to obsessive thinking like try to understand why you're so fixated on something so if you're obsessively thinking about a person try to understand why they are the center of your attention and why you feel like you have to think about them all the time or why you're so fixated on them and because once you kind of figure out why you're fixated on them usually it doesn't have that much to do with them it has a lot to do with you like in my past when I have fixated and obsessed over somebody it was because I lacked a lot of things in myself and I felt like this person would like fill that for me or like I did have an experience where I basically like created a fantasy in my head that like wasn't real and I don't want to like gaslight myself or like discredit my own feelings but I definitely did not really look at what was happening in front of me I just kind of like took a few things and created a storyline in my head that made me feel good and because I was like giving it constant energy I started to obsess over it and it was so hard for me to like think of anything else and the way that I broke out of that was like literally my friend told me that I had done that and I was like holy shit you're right and like once I understood why I was obsessively thinking and why I had fixated on this person and created this story and I understood like my behavior I was able to work myself out of that and like eventually just like replace my thoughts and now I like don't obsess over that person I don't think about that situation anymore but it definitely took me a lot of time so the worst thing you can do in this situation is get mad at yourself. Like if you're obsessing, like don't be upset that you're obsessing and don't get mad at how you feel. Like it is what it is and it's okay. You're so okay. It's totally normal. But just focus on finding thoughts that pull you out of the obsessive headspace because the way an obsessive headspace works is like a tornado. Like it's so hard to get out sometimes. So I just like 
I think the key to letting shit go is like getting to the root of it, right? Like you have to understand why it's a problem in the first place and you have to understand the sort of power that it has over your mind and your body because there's always a power that another situation or another person has over you. It's usually because they make you feel like a certain way about yourself, honestly. Um, And like, for example, when I was like obsessing over my ex, like when I was trying to break up with him, like I was really only so obsessed because I was trying to figure out like what really happened. I wanted to know the truth about things. I wanted to understand why he like treated me the way he treated me and why I put up with it. So there were just a lot of unresolved questions that caused me to obsess over it because I wanted to find the answer. So your obsessive thinking might just be a way of of your brain attempting to problem solve something like it honestly might not be that serious in the sense of like it might not be that you're like this person who literally can't let anything go ever you might just not have the answers that you necessarily want or need but understand that a lot of times in life you're just not going to have closure like you're not going to understand why certain things happened to you why people did you the way they did you like that is a normal part of life and it's unfortunate but it's okay like you once you have you adopt that belief and you stop expecting things to always get resolved by parties outside of you and not within yourself you gain so much more power in your life you take so much of your power back because you are in the understanding that like this is my headspace these are my thoughts like I'm capable of creating something that's really fucking good for me and a good headspace that I want to live in and obsessive thinking doesn't really serve that so don't create this narrative that you can't let shit go just understand that like you're searching for something and that's fine like you might find it you might not but the way to really get out of that is to find a lot of peace in yourself trust yourself and do your best to like you know answer your own questions talk to other people if you need to but like really make an effort to work through your feelings and get to the bottom of your situation that's going to help you so 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 much kind of get out of this obsessive headspace okay and then somebody else asked about uncontrollable rage and being easily triggered into anger so I have been in therapy for about three years, okay? So in the beginning, my therapist gave me an emotions wheel. So basically the way it worked, it was like this giant wheel that had like your your emotions that we all know on the outside. So like sad, happy, angry, whatever, like just the basic ones pretty much. And then in each category, so so say anger, for example, there were multiple options like under anger to like describe what kind of anger. Maybe it's frustration. Maybe it's hurt. Like there's so many different kinds in the one category. And then from there, it just kind of keeps going down. And the purpose of that emotions wheel is to really figure out the root of your feelings like I was just talking about. So I can actually post this on Instagram maybe or find a way to share it with you guys, maybe my link tree so you can find it for yourself because it really helped me identify my emotions. So when you are easily triggered into anger, anger is a very surface level emotion. Like it comes from a very deep place, but anger is like a symptom, right? So when you are easily angered, you're probably really stressed out really sad you might be depressed you might be going through a lot of shit um there's just a lot of emotions in you that aren't being expressed so then they come out in anger um and anger is always an indicator of sadness honestly um and pain like that's really what anger is like people who are very angry in life like in general if you've ever met like a really angry person it's they're hurting they're hurting a lot and they don't know what to do with their pain and it comes out in anger it doesn't make it okay but it just means that you have a lot to sort through if you feel like you're easily triggered so it's honestly a sign that your emotions are running so 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 high and you cannot like uh, reach an equilibrium of emotions like it's hard for you to balance them so then it just displays an anger because anger is kind of like the probably it's kind of the easiest way for your body to get something out right 
And if you've ever noticed, like when you're having a shitty day and everything upsets you, it's always because of a deeper reason. Like maybe you're really sad about something. Maybe you're really stressed out. Maybe you're hungry. Like there's always a deeper reason. Anger doesn't just exist out of nowhere. Like it's always a signal of something, but it's kind of the best signal because when you're angry about something, that is a very clear sign that you care about it a lot and it like affects you a lot. So you can just like pay more attention to it because obviously like it's a problem. Like obviously it's something that bothers you. It makes you feel a type of way and it's fine. I think like with me, I always make sure that I let myself know that the way I feel is okay. I might not like the way I feel. It might not be the best way to feel. I might not like the way I act. Is it the best way to act all the time? Probably not, but I can validate myself and be like, it's okay, but how can I work myself to a better place? So with your anger, like figure out what else is going on in your life that could be triggering you so much. What are you sad about? What are you stressed about? And look in other places that are so far beyond anger. Don't just isolate anger and say like, what am I angry about? Like look at your whole life, like your entire life as a whole and really examine what's going on. Like, what am I really hurt about? Is this this coming from my past? Journal about it. Like really get to the bottom of your feelings. And I promise you, your anger is going to go away. Like it's just a symptom. Like it's not a problem that's going to last forever. Once you start paying attention to your emotions and your feelings and you understand where they come from, then you can find better feeling thoughts. You can like um you can balance your emotions out and be in a headspace where you're not so easily triggered and you're not so upset all the time and i promise you like it's a very liberating place to be but don't get discouraged like you're gonna get there um i will post that emotions book because i genuinely do want to help you but that is my best advice to really figure out exactly what kind of anger you are and where you feel like it's coming from and then just work on healing those parts of yourself and understand that They are going to need some extra love and extra patience and extra care. And the more you do that to yourself, the more you will, it will pay off for you in ways of like you feeling less angry and less worked up and less upset and overall like a more peaceful state of mind, which you absolutely deserve. So another person asked what to do when you're afraid of commitment and losing your freedom in a relationship. This is a really good question. And this is something that I honestly struggle with a lot. Like I think one of my biggest reasons for staying single has definitely been my independence and the ability I have to do whatever I want and create my own life and not be tied down to any person or anything or just, you know, like have my freedom. Like that's always been really important to me. And the way that I really envision an ideal relationship going, I don't think you ever have to sacrifice things. Like I know we're pushed this narrative a lot that marriage is full of compromise and relationships are so hard and you don't always get what you want. And I don't believe that. I think when you're so closely working with another person, like literally working, living, breathing, (laughs) being like when you're that close to someone and you're in a committed relationship, there are going to be moments where like you might not get exactly what you want. You might have to compromise a little bit, but you should never compromise on things that are really, really, really important to you or things that you genuinely don't want to do. Because I believe that the person who loves you in the most truest, purest way wants you to be free and wants you to have independence and wants you to live your absolute best life. And they're just happy to be there. They're happy to be your partner. They're happy to be on this journey with you, but they don't want to take away from what your journey is and they don't want to stunt your growth in any way. And I say that because that's how I 
thrive the most in like friendships or close working relationships where like I feel the most at peace when it's like, no, like we are working toward the same goal. And like in a relationship, your same goal is like being in the relationship together. It's like having a happy life together. That is your same goal. And I've noticed that like when we're working towards the same goal, like I have to be so understanding of like you being your own individual, you making mistakes because you're a human being and not tying in my emotions so heavily with yours that I become codependent with you. And then I feel so deeply affected by things that have nothing to do with me, but everything to do with the other person. So I think in relationships, like it's not about overcoming your fear of commitment and your fear of losing your independence. It's about loving yourself so much and providing yourself with the independence and freedom in your single life so that when you enter into a relationship, you know exactly how to navigate that. You know what's important to you and you pick somebody who wants you to continue feeling that way, who wants you to continue to have your own life outside of them. And it doesn't mean that you have completely separate lives and you're not like a unit, whatever. It just means that you're two people who love each other a lot and are in a relationship where you can still be your own person. And in my opinion, that is like a very modern relationship. I think we've had so many limiting beliefs about love fed to us for our whole lives. We've been taught things that are just not true about love. And it's made out to seem like this really difficult hard thing that you have to strive like your whole life to find and then even when you do get it you might be miserable and like now you have to commit to this person and like understand that like commitment it comes from a place of love and wanting to be there like when you commit to something that you want to do it's not a drag it's not a chore it's something that you want to do and it makes you happy and that's what a relationship really should feel like at the end of the day like it shouldn't feel like something you're signing your life away to that you're never gonna have your own sense of self or your own freedom anymore like it is gonna look a little bit different but when you really love somebody so many of these things of those things just come naturally like it's not something you have to try for and I think that is the ideal relationship and in my head I'm like my ideal partner the person that I envision myself being with will want me to continue to do the things that make me happy. They'll want me to have my own life. They'll have their own life as well. And that's my version of relationship. Like that's my ideal situation. And I manifest that every single day. So figure out what that really looks like for you and manifest the fuck out of it. And you will get it. And you deserve to be in a committed relationship where you still have your freedom. You still are yourself. You're still so happy and you're so blessed to like be committed to somebody who is also committed to themselves because I think that is the biggest thing that we need to learn as people in general is like commit to yourself and your happiness and promise yourself that you will put yourself in the best possible case scenarios every single time in your relationships in your living situation in your job because you have power over your life so you don't need to be under the impression that marriage or a long-term relationship is going to take things away from you see it as something that's going to give you so much but understand that you have to commit to you have to commit to that idea yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like you have to really promise yourself that you're going to manifest that. You're going to look for that. You're going to attract that. And then once you're there, it's going to be such a good space. But like, that is really the point. So like, I don't force myself to overcome these feelings. I just envision myself being so empowered and so happy in a relationship that these issues are not even part of the equation. They're just not there. Like it's not something I even have to worry about. That's really helped me and I hope it helps you. (laughs) My cat is going to do something 
in three seconds that I'm not going to like, and it is what it is. I had somebody ask about femininity. So I'm not sure if this is because like tied into my topic last week, because I was talking or two weeks ago when I was talking about like, you know, how I've been tapping into my feminine energy. Um, I think overall femininity is something that I am leaning more into for sure. It's something I'm learning a lot about. And I encourage every woman to do some research, watch YouTube videos, learn about your, like your female archetype. Like there's so many parts of femininity that are so beautiful and so complex and there's so much space to learn about it so with femininity like I think it's seen as something that can be weak like even I've seen femininity as weak sometimes but it's actually like so strong and so beautiful and it is like your greatest fucking superpower that you could ever have in your life so I would like advise you if you're trying to tap into that more you just have questions in general about femininity do some research about it watch some YouTube videos read some books like there's so many resources and like as I'm tapping into this like I will obviously like cover it on the podcast as well because I think it's so important for us to learn more about ourselves like it's just so vital to like your well-being honestly so the general energy of the feminine is like freedom and creativity and self-expression and inspiration and it's like a very flowing graceful beautiful energy so whatever wherever you feel the most like that in your life do more and more of that and just focus on like basically replicating feminine energy in as many ways as you can and when you're out in public when you're talking to guys like understand that like you are that goddess that being that's just there like hanging out having a good time and like you don't have to bend over backwards for other people's approval you can just be yourself and have fun that is a great way to tap into your femininity as well so I'm not really sure like exactly what your question was but that's kind of like my general advice to get that conversation going with yourself and just like learn more about yourself and who you are okay and here's a good one uh tools to stop overthinking so guys (laughs) I am a classic sick overthinker like I overthink literally everything ever um I create narratives for like everything like I think a lot like I kind of do live in my head which I am working on so I'm gonna tell you like I guess my really quick tips that have really been helping me with overthinking so mindfulness and being present really really do help and I know a lot of people talk about that so if you want to know more what mindfulness is it's basically just being present literally mindful of your environment like so for example when I go on hikes like I used to listen to music on my hikes or walks and now I've started to just like be very present and the entire time I'm taking in the scenery I'm listening to birds or sometimes other people's conversations on the hike or whatever sounds are around me whatever feelings like the wind I take in the scenery and that helps me like be present in the moment because when you're present, you don't have a lot of space to overthink because you're here right now. It is what it is. Like you don't have a lot of space to like ruminate and just like, you know, like overthink. So that's really helped me. Meditation has helped me a lot. And if you haven't meditated, I used to think that I couldn't meditate because my mind is so fucking busy, guys. Like, and meditation has become such a powerful tool for me now. Like, I love it so much. I literally feel electric when I'm meditating. Like, it's actually crazy. But I will say, like, um, 
with meditating, like I've read books, I've done guided meditations. There's been a lot of resources that I've tapped into to create a meditative experience that I enjoy because it wasn't always easy for me. So I want to encourage you to do the same thing because it helps. it's literally changed my life. Um, and it does help me overthink less because when I'm overthinking, it's really just because I'm stressed out about something or because I have a lot of like unresolved feelings toward it, or I'm just not sure what's going on. And I start to like guess and create all these things. And something that I tell myself is like, I, I don't know. Like a lot of times, like I'm not going to have the answer, like, and something, if I'm overthinking like a friendship dynamic or a guy that I talk to, like, I always tell myself like this, like what this person is doing probably has nothing to do with me. And the more I overthink about what did I do? Should I've done something differently? It doesn't help my experience. It doesn't help me grow as a person. It doesn't make me feel good about myself. So why would I entertain that thought? And I just like, I don't know, like I focus on problem solving because overthinking really comes from like going in circles because you feel like you can't come up with a solution. So I just focus on like trying to find a solution for whatever problem I'm facing. And if I need to ask advice, I need to ask advice. If I have to go to somebody for help, that's fine. Like there's no rules really. And I mean, obviously there's no rules. And I also journal a lot. Like if I'm thinking about something, I'll talk, like I'll journal about it. I'll do my Oracle cards. Like I guess like the overall theme is really to find a solution to whatever your your primary thought is and the reason why you're overthinking it so much and with guys like if you find yourself overthinking your interactions with guys it's really because there's a part of you that doesn't feel worthy there's a part of you that doesn't feel good enough to be like there in the first place and you have to understand these thoughts so that you can address them and then you can tell yourself like no no no, like I'm only thinking about this so much because I just don't feel good enough so let me reframe this thought let me make it something that is actually positive about me instead of negative and let me turn the situation around because I can always do that so understand that like your thoughts are thoughts they have so much power but you have power over your thoughts and you can isolate something figure out why it's in your brain in the first place and then solve it and then the next time it comes up you know what to do when you have a system and you have a process but I will say like practicing being present in the moment doing yoga working out and really like building my confidence to a point where I'm like no like I might not know everything I might not have have all the answers like but I am good enough I'm worthy and if I have to tell myself that a million times a fucking day it is what it is and it's okay like I can do that to basically train my brain to think of myself in the best possible way but once I've kind of really worked on that and I've been that person more often I overthink so much less because I'm so much more confident in myself because I think in my past overthinking has really just been a sign of anxiety and literally not feeling good enough so understand where it's coming from like I keep saying in this episode but it's so true when you understand where your thoughts originate from then you can find solutions and then the next time they come up you know what to do with them instead of just feeling like you're subject to your own mind so I guess another thing I will say is like I overthink things when I'm like confused and it doesn't feel like the situation is very clear to me and if you're overthinking like in a guy dynamic and you find that to be happening a lot um it's just, you know, it's a waste of your time and you should not be with somebody who makes you think so hard about literally every little thing and you feel like you don't even like, it's just not worth your time and your energy. Like put your energy toward healing and manifesting and creating instead of worrying, obsessing and overthinking. Like you can always switch the pattern of your thoughts. You can always switch the direction your brain is going. And I really encourage you to just pay attention to your thoughts and ask yourself, 
Why is this taking up so much of my time? Why am I overthinking this in the first place? And reassure yourself, give yourself some validation. Talk about it with somebody if you need to, but understand that like you are very much in control of your thoughts and like you can stop like the patterns that you don't like and create better ones. You can always do that. Okay, so I have three questions that are kind of the same thing theme and I'm gonna put them in a different episode because they all tie in together. So the last question that I'm gonna address in this episode is not being afraid to feed your desires or needs because this person is saying, I overthink and lose interest. When it comes to feeding your desires and needs, I feel like we're told that our own desires and wants and needs are not good. And I don't know if you were ever told this as a kid, but I think for me, there were a lot of things that I wanted to do and a lot of desires that I had, and I was just not encouraged to pursue them. And that comes a lot from like my upbringing and religion and like a lot of things that kind of just like stifle who you are as a child. Um, And so what I've noticed in my adult life is like, I have like a strong aversion to my own needs and my own desires. And I have such, I have placed such a higher emphasis on helping people and finding my value through being helpful over like just being valuable as the person that I literally am. I guess the first step, is to understand that your needs and desires are okay. And I asked myself this recently where I was like, since when is it a bad thing to do what makes me feel good? Because if I'm honest with myself, the things that are bad for me that I have enjoyed or that I have done in the past, if I'm very brutally honest with myself, it didn't make me feel that good. It just didn't. So in reality, I've never fed a desire and had it be a bad thing. Does that make sense? Because the things that I've truly desired, like I've always gotten there through a path of either doing things that I thought I desired, but realized that I didn't. And eventually it led me to a place of understanding like, no, 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 this is actually what I want. And I don't have to be scared of what I want. Because I think for so long, I was scared that if I leaned into what I actually wanted, it was not going to be a good experience and I was getting going to get into trouble. And I think that came for me personally, that came a lot from growing up in a religious household and always being told that your heart will lead you astray and only God knows what's best for you. And there's so many bad things in the world. And like, as humans, we want the worst things like, and those are just shitty beliefs, dude. Like, what is the point of thinking that way? Like, I've never understood that. Like, it's so much more powerful to look at your life and be like, no, I can give in to this. I can do whatever I want, but I actually don't want that. I want this instead. So first of all, like, make sure that you validate that your needs and desires are okay and they deserve to be filled. And like I was saying earlier, I have placed such a bigger emphasis on helping others than just like doing what I want. And like, I'll give you like a quick example. Like when I was still living in San Diego, I wanted to come to LA for a night and it was, this was like two weeks ago. So it was literally, I was about to move here. Like I was a few days from moving and I had just been in LA like the week before and I was bored and I just wanted to come out here and go out. And, um, I was like, so scared to give into that. I was like, oh, it's so far. Like, um, is this a dumb decision? Like, I'm going to have to pay for gas. Like, I was just like creating all of these problems, you know, when it was really like, you just want to like, what's wrong with you just wanting to go and you just going? Like, what is so bad about that? And I was trying to be like, well, you know, like, oh, Taya will probably have a lot of fun if I come up. Like, she'll probably really like that. Like, I can go for her. And it's like, obviously I'm coming to see her. Like, she's a big part in my decision-making, but like, I am the one who wants to come. Like, no one is asking me or making me do anything. The first step is just like making sure that you tell yourself that your needs and desires are very much okay. And then you also have to make a commitment to fulfilling those pretty much no matter what. 
And I guess that's within reason. But I think for me personally, every time I want to do something and I have like resistance to doing it, I ask myself why. And then my question is always like, why is it a bad thing that you just want to do something that you want to do? Why is that such a bad fucking thing? Like, why is your desire not good enough? Why is somebody else's desire automatically way more good enough than yours on its own? Like, why that doesn't even make any fucking sense so when you really put it in that perspective you realize that like at the end of the day you are the only person who can actually fill your needs and desires because you are the only one who has the power to give that to yourself you cannot go through life constantly putting your wants and needs outside of yourself at the end of the day like other people life they're not it's not going to give you what you want it's not going to be like your magical ticket to happiness and like i saw this on instagram yesterday where it was just a quote that said stop putting the key to your happiness in other people's hands and I think when it comes to filling your own needs and desires that that statement is so true because you cannot make yourself feel bad about your own needs and desires and then expect somebody else to fill them like it's not going to work that way and I think that's why we end up in relationships that we're not happy in or we end up in friendships with people that we just don't feel connected to because we did not prioritize our needs and desires we might have put other people's first or we might have just told ourselves that our own needs and desires don't don't matter and they're not good enough and they don't take priority so I think for myself like I've really had to train myself to prioritize myself It definitely was not something that came naturally, but the first step to that was understanding that what I want is fine. It's good. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. And I should be providing that to myself. And there's no reason why I can't have an amazing life that I'm so happy in. And the things that I want are not bad for me. Like I... I'm smart enough. Like I know what I'm doing. Like I am an intelligent person who can actually make good decisions for myself. And I don't have to be so afraid of just everything in general. Like I don't have to be so afraid of like fucking up or providing myself with what I want and it ending badly for me. Like that's just not a conducive way of thinking. I don't feel like it's like a really good way to live and it's not fun or enjoyable. So I just encourage you to like just tell yourself that you matter and like your needs and desires are so important and like you deserve to be happy and fulfilled. And when you do that for yourself, when you enter into relationships, whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship, you're going to be in a much better place to actually getting what you want because you know how to do it for yourself first. That's always the key to everything in life is like once you learn how to do it for yourself and you learn how to give it to yourself, it becomes so much easier to do that with other people and other situations and other dynamics. Like trust me guys, like I have really been somebody who did not put myself first for so many years. I always like acted like my desires were something that were scary or weird or bad and like I just didn't prioritize my own life experience and it never has worked out that well for me and the times in my life where I have acted that way I was never truly happy or fulfilled so don't shy away from yourself like I think all of these questions really have the same underlying theme of like get to know yourself like if you are scared of your thoughts your behaviors your beliefs your desires your needs you're never going to be able to actually know who you are and how to live your life in a way that's conducive to your well-being and your happiness so spend some time getting to know your emotions getting to know yourself getting to know your behavioral and thought patterns and then understand how to hack your life to get like the best results possible because telling you guys i hack my life every few months and every time i do i'm like 
holy fucking shit. Like this is actually making my life so much easier. Like I know myself so much more than I did before. And like, it actually is so helpful. That is all the advice I have for today. I'm going to be back next week with a part two that's more relationship focused. I really hope this episode helped you. I hope my advice was something that you needed to hear and provided you clarity with the situation that you're currently going through. As always, I appreciate you guys so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can follow me on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at goodgirlpod. I do Q&As on Instagram every single Monday. You can find my personal Instagram at julialinathomas and I'll see you guys next Thursday. I love you. Bye.